Hello, everybody, once again to Thumbs Up or Down, You Decide. I'm Eric Chappelle. And I'm Liz Leach. And uh, joining us off in the background is uh, Maya Taylor. Yo. <laughs> and today, um, according to. Sorry. Oh, you're fine. Oh, wait, is that your phone? I'm trying to turn it off. <laughs> is that her phone or the computer? I think that's her phone. Okay. Okay. <laughs> Yeah, that's, uh, today's film we're going to be talking about is The Witches, uh, based on the book by Roald Dahl, author known for James and the Giant Peach, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, Fantastic Mr. Fox, and the BFG, and many others. It's directed by Nicholas Roeg, uh, screenplay by Alan Scott, and is also known for being a very, uh, one of the last productions, uh, involving Jim Henson. Before, uh, we go further into this uh what was your first introduction to this uh uh to the witches um this movie honest to god you telling me that you saw the witches last weekend do you know anything about Roald Dahl beforehand oh no i've heard of the the author i mm -hmm. just because i've also i've also i also know and have seen uh movies based on his books like the BFG, mm -hmm. uh, wasn't uh, the, the the story Matilda also written? Yes, uh, that's yeah. another one I actually forgot to mention. Thank you for reminding me of that. No worries. Um, but yeah, I, I, I've seen Matilda guns how many times. Um, I've definitely never read but have watched the BFG uh, the movie um, in theaters. Uh, I actually maybe my mom and I were in at the time when we saw it. In there. The 2016 movie, right? Yes. Um, okay. That and also wasn't Charlie and the Chocolate Factory also written by him as well? Or... Yeah, it was. Uh, I, I did yeah. mention that. Other, I mean, I've definitely heard of the author, but this was the first time I'd ever heard of or seen. I've maybe heard of the book, like, once or twice, but in all honesty, completely forgot about the book itself. But as far as the movie is concerned, yeah, I heard about it for the first time last weekend, and... To be honest with you, I had a little bit of high expectations because you mentioned that Angelica Houston was in it, and mm -hmm. the very first movie I'd ever seen with Angelica Houston, believe it or not, was not The uh, um, the Stanley. It was actually Ever After. Mm -hmm. um, and she definitely played a very, very good role in Ever After. So knowing what kind of role she played in Ever After, I was kind of having high expectations. That That's all I'm going to say until we actually get into the film. I was kind of the same way because, like, the wit. Even though I did read some Roald Dahl books in the past, like you know Matilda, Willie, uh, Charlie and the Chocolate Factory, uh, George's Marvelous Medicine, yeah, for some reason the Witches was one of those ones that it's like I knew about, but I never got around to reading. And uh, I gotta be honest, it's like uh, it wasn't until like rewatching, uh, going to watch this for the first time that I remembered. It's like, oh yeah, it, it was the movie was based on the Roald Dahl book. Um, and mind you, I've never actually read any of the Roald Dahl books, but... Um, really? Yeah, it was never... None of his books, not even like Matilda or anything like that, I even read. Um, and mind you, I actually think I even had the book growing up, but I just never read it for some odd reason, which is weird to me because I'm typically a bookworm. 
this has significance for being like the the last adaptation that Roald Dahl had seen before he had passed away, and uh, also was the last uh, feature film to personally involve uh, Jim Henson, famous mm. for the Muppets and so forth. Uh, especially because he was a producer attached as the film. That's, uh, I, I kind of look at that as like something to have high expectations for. So I, we both expected, a, uh, something bigger, um, uh, considering, uh, who, uh, what was it, who was attached to it. Like in your case, it was Angelica Houston. In mm-hmm. my case, it was Jim Henson. Mm-hmm. Okay. This is one of those like, uh, cult classic favorites from childhood that, uh, a lot of, uh, a lot of people from my high school, like. I don't know if a lot of people, but I, I knew a significant amount, at least mentioned it once or twice. And it was one of those films, like, I had never even heard about it until, like, uh, seeing clips about it through YouTube and so forth. So it's mm. like, you know, like you had brought up with Angelica Houston, like, she, uh, I'll, I'll say this, she definitely does not make this role boring as the Grand High Witch. I can, I can agree with that. She doesn't make it boring, but... Admittedly, her acting was definitely lacking hmm. for me in this movie. Um, where the drawbacks come in of watching a movie that was one of the actress's very first roles that she did. I guess it's just for me because the very first movie I'd ever actually seen her in was Ever After, and knowing mm-hmm. the role that she played. And I'm sorry, when I think of Angelica, Houston, I'm sure most people when they hear Angelica Houston. They probably think the Adams family first and foremost. That's, mm-hmm. that's obviously her most famous role. But um, for me personally, like I said, since and this is probably gonna shock you, I've never actually seen the Adams family, the movie, from beginning to end. I've only seen clips of the film. Same here. I I mean, yeah, I should be ashamed of myself for uh, for not seeing it in time. But it's like I, you know, there are just some films where it's like, yeah think you've seen but then you realize it's like oh wait i haven't i mean i've seen clips but that's basically as far as it's gotten with me however i definitely know that she obviously has played the adams fam- in the adams family but she has a habit of like playing significantly powerful women i should say because she definitely yeah. had that with her character in the grifters with uh john cusack and uh annette benning yeah, when I hear of Angelica Houston, I, I literally t- tend to think Adam's family ever after and the girl who dated Jack Nicholson. <laughs> and mind you, the only reason know, why I years. actually know that is because I've read a couple of articles about them. And on top of that, um, she appeared on, I think it was James Corden's, uh, it's that one eating game where he has, Oh, spill your guts or fill your yeah, guts. She, uh, she immediately took a, a bite out of what he she had in front of She's like, I am so tired of answering questions about that relationship. She got so fed up with everyone asking her about her relationship with Jack, Nich- not Jack Nicholson, she immediately uh, went for what was in front of her. And I don't think what was in front of her looked appetizing at all. Well, it's not supposed to. <laughs> Also, considering it's like, considering it's like, uh, The Witches was like one year after Tim Burton's Batman, and he was like raking in so much money from, oh, careful, uh, he was like raking in so much money from the Joker merchandise, and I want to bet some of that was because of like comic book fans. Yeah, other, but I mean, other than that, um, you know, when it comes to, when you said Angelica Hughes, I was like, okay, well, I'll probably like this film since, first of all, it's Witches, it's magic and stuff like that but second it's it's angelica houston i actually despite the fact that i did not like her character never after i am a pretty big fan of her in general yeah she is a really really good at she plays evil very very well 
Oh yeah, definitely. Um, because mind you, her her character in Ever After wasn't exactly um, let's say a saint. No, no, and neither is Morticia in Adam's family, even though she's a protagonist. But it's like yeah, you can tell Morticia's a sadist uh, in but, so many different ways. Yeah, I'm not gonna lie, I left disappointed. I'm not gonna lie. I not 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 the worst acting I've ever seen, but no, no, it's it just I don't know. There was um. For me, it reeks it of, uh, it, it reeks of, like, early 90s, uh, kids film acting, because, like, there, there was definitely, there's definitely a style when it comes to a, a, an acting approach that I can definitely you know deal yeah, with some. I agree some... with you. I agree with you on that, because one, one movie that I, honestly, that definitely comes to mind where this acting is, type of acting is very present, The Three, uh, the three Little Ninjas. Yeah, because... Classic 90s mm-hmm. film, classic 90s acting, and this is that is very similar. Sometimes the music can be a little bouncy, even though it's supposed to be, like, a little intimidating. And, yeah, so with, with this uh, film, it definitely had that kind of vibe, that 90s film vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Much like, the, much like that one does. So it's very, very much very similar. I'm like... I, I, I think that's one, one of the things that put me off. Because, mind you, I, I definitely don't hate certain 90s films, but... Acting's not great, I'm not gonna lie. Well, I think that's just mostly to, like, a generational change half mm. the time. Because, like, uh, like, there's always going to be, like, a different approach to acting. Especially, like, as the medium is, like, uh, evolving. is like, we're now starting to get more technology progresses. It's like, sometimes opportunities can get a little bit easier. I mean, hell, we're in a generation where it's like, uh, YouTubers could get into, like, big feature films, like... Fosse to uh, Fosse to whatever that guy's name is, working with like Tyler Perry movies or something. Mm. Uh, that's also another thing. It's like the, also Roald Dahl tends to like have the he has experience working with like a, a television and entertainment and, uh, beforehand. Because uh, if you look on the IMDb, he's worked on uh, Tales of the Unexpected, which uh, is a show that he wrote for about which is like um British nineteen late nineteen seventies early 80s twilight zone in a way okay like his interpretation of like how he would do a twilight zone Mm -hmm. uh and he also did um he also wrote a few episodes of alfred hitchcock presents so Mm. i think his approach was that he definitely wanted to tell these dark stories but considering they focused on children present them in a way that still you know like how a lot of companies uh, with animated films like DreamWorks and so forth would, mm. like, add a bit of a cartoony flair to it, but, like, still try to make it somewhat serious. Well, one thing I definitely will admit is the animation, for especially for the time, was really good. I was definitely... I, one, of the, one of the advantages I saw, saw of this film was the animation. I definitely thought that the, the, the puppets and stuff like that were mm. definitely well done. Oh, yeah, that's the... That's definitely the one thing with, like, uh, pre-mid-90s uh, films is that it's, like, I definitely love seeing, like, the practical effects, especially the puppetry and the mm-hmm. with the mice and so forth. And so, especially yeah. considering it's, like, uh, there are also shots with real mice, so it's, like, the, the, the tension is a lot more real as opposed to, like, seeing a CGI mouse or something. But, yeah, I, I just, I definitely was very, very impressed with how they pulled that off, to be honest. So, I, mm-hmm. that, that was definitely um, an added, added bonus was... Um, the, the animatronics with the mice and things like that. Mm. Um, yeah, there's there's a, a lot of things about this film that, to me, was just off-putting. Yeah, and that's usually the kind of... Uh, f- uh, f- 
that's usually the kind of tone that Roald Dahl is known for with his stories. Like, even, like, even with the original Willy Wonka, it's like, uh, even though it's like he had changes made to his script, it's like, you could still tell there was some bit of that uncertainty that was always throughout the film. Mm. I mean, hell, especially when you have uh, Gene Wilder with that line, the suspense is terrible. wonder how long it'll last. Oh, yeah. Like, it's that kind of, it's like, uh, that kind of humor I always love with Roald Dahl's, where it's like, he's just like, hey, you know what, this is dark, but it's like, someone's enjoying this somewhere. It's yeah. like, might as well put in a character for the sadists. <laughs> How did you feel about the makeup? It was okay. It was definitely okay, especially for for the time mm-hmm. and and being the fact that much like film has, makeup has definitely evolved with the techniques and the things that they're able to use to make things more realistic. So given how I'm assuming given what they were capable of doing back then, the makeup definitely was impressive it because trust me if if what they were trying to do was give off a creepy ass look the makeup was definitely there because i definitely was very creeped out by by especially you know houston's which which um, her true face yeah um it's always so much makeup for these celebrities but special effects i'm i'm assuming that they possibly use plaster for some of 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 the makeup and stuff like that it definitely yeah, there have actually been uh, reports yeah. about how, like, uh, the makeup was, like, so thick for, like, some shots that I think, like, uh, Angelica Houston was, like, either sweating or, like, near uh, heat stroke or something. I actually can see that since it, even in, like, the, the, the ballroom scene where she's introducing what they're using on the kids, she definitely looked like she was ha- having almost, she looked like she was passing or about to pass off the heat stroke. But, I mean, like I said, definitely I will say that it, it, I was impressed with the makeup. Yeah, uh, it's kind of a dual-edged sword with like uh, with uh, makeup back in the day. It's like on one hand, it's like it looks more real, but on the other hand, it's like it's difficult to work under sometimes. But the way I actually feel about the makeup in this movie is actually how I very similar to how I feel with the makeup in Lord of the Rings. Because really, I was I was kind of well because I was kind of uncomfortable seeing how they looked and stuff like that. I'm like, okay, this makeup is very, very impressive if I'm just able to look at these women and think, or that's scary or, or, or whatnot. Um, and I definitely think that they would definitely have uh, achieved their goal if they were trying to scare some kids with this. It's a film about witches turning children all over the world into mice. And, you know, it's like... Uh, that. that... That thought in alone is, like, unsettling in itself, considering it's like, you know, never know who's, like, mostly a cat person. I mean, little Luke had his problems. <laughs> Yipshin was ferocious. <laughs> Shut up. Ass. But, I mean, other than that, I definitely did think that the makeup was very, very... And my, not just for Angelica Houston, but for all of them. Yeah. It was, it was very, very impressive. Um... Like, even, even though Angelica Houston's got, like, most of it, it's, like, even with the other witches that have, like, the tiny details, it's, like, it's still... Oh, yeah. It's still nice. It's 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 definitely impressive and de- definitely convincing and, and mm-hmm. looks a lot very much realistic. But, yeah, it just, uh, like I said, for the time, it definitely was very, very impressive for... for... The, the one part of the limitations I'll get to at the end, uh, but... Uh, well, I was going to also say, I'm assuming that her limitations are kind of similar... It, it sounds kind of similar to that of, um... The original guy that was actually cast as uh, the Tin Man in uh, Wizard of Oz, 
t- the, the original Oh, how his, how his makeup was poisonous? Well, not poisonous, but he was allergic to the makeup that they had to use for the Oh, that was man. it, that was it. So they literally had to actually uh, hire a different actor so that could actually withstand the makeup that they had to use for the Tin Man. You know, I think the other other kind of story I've heard about that was with Blazing Saddles, was how apparently Gene Wilder's character was supposed to be played by somebody else, but apparently the actor who they casted while they were filming uh, apparently actually died on set. Oh, no, God. I, that's unfortunate. I know. That's, that's tragic. Uh-huh. It's, it's a lot worse than I thought, but it's like, that's what came to mind. Probably the biggest issue I had was with really the storyline of this. I'm sorry to say this. To me, it was kind of boring. Yeah, you can I can, you can definitely tell it's like there were some parts where it's like this could have been handled a little bit uh, smoother. And that actually is something I wanted to bring up. Uh, did you note that this film actually lost production time? Yeah, uh, the reason for that was because the hotel they were filming in, uh, apparently Rowan Atkinson, who plays the hotel clerk in the yeah. film, uh, he apparently had a real-life Mr. Bean moment. Uh, where oh, Jesus. Here's what happened. Apparently, uh, it's said that... I think it was like uh, the water pipes were broken somewhere and he was trying to like fix it or stop it and uh, it ended up like shut, uh, shutting down like a lot of the electricity on that floor or oh, below hand and that ended up stalling production for a while so a film crew had to like work around to be like okay we lost a lot of time let's just work around this. Oh wow. Okay. So I can imagine that it's like had this film or had they had the time it's like it probably would have turned out a lot more to what they were expecting. It definitely makes sense as to why it's as short of a film as it is. Yeah, because uh, I, I forget the runtime of this. Like, was it ninety minutes or? It, yeah, ninety-one minutes. Mm. Kind of miss. Uh, it kind of makes you realize it's like, oh yeah, films could be that short. I don't know the whole concept, and I'm just like, I was just put off for some strange reason with this film, both with with the timing. Um, the 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 acting and just the storyline which in my eyes is really what makes a film a film like at least a good film a film Mm -hmm. or a film a good film is what i mean because i mean yeah the makeup is important and all that stuff but i mean really oftentimes good acting in my eyes can really make or break it and that and the storyline as well because yeah uh, for me, it's like there are sometimes where it's like and sometimes timing. Yeah, uh, I, I think for me it's a matter of like because uh, I, I remember watching this uh, guy talk about the BFG. Uh, uh, he was saying it's like uh, sometimes he understands it's like sometimes certain media belongs in the certain firm format it's brought about. It's like yeah, it's like you can make a film of the witches, and it, but it's like you have to ask yourself, it's like can this work as a film and that, and that's something that, that a lot of uh, productions have like uh including um uh what was it uh because i know there was like one major film that uh a wrinkle in time because mm. i remember a lot of people saying it's like that's one of those like unfilmable adaptations and then you have disney making two attempts to do it and lo and behold it's like people were right that's there are definitely people who could probably like find some adaptations to like make it filmable but it's just a matter of like what are what can you bring to it and how can this flow correctly for me it, it definitely this this film i like said i think for me it was just it was at the end of the day it was 
really just the lack of story or the storyline itself not really the lack thereof just the storyline itself just really kind of the acting wasn't where it should have been but like so, like you said it's it's it given the decade it has that very 90s film feel to it yeah that and back then it's like i'm, I'm just gonna be straight up honest mm-hmm. not that many kids in the 90s were that good actors yeah, that's true, like that's, that's true. just that's true. like as much as I do love Mara Wilson and Matilda, it's oh, like yeah. there are some times I have to admit it's like some poor acting. It's like she definitely needed some practice a little bit. It's like yeah, just for for me with with the witches, it just um, timing was a little bit off, especially since when when I first when my mom and I were first watching this, I kind of started falling asleep. Hmm. Um, keep in mind I was already very tired, but. But possibly for, like, a, a decent kids' film, maybe, although some of the makeup might terrify them. Yeah, it definitely would. Um, I mean, hell, the original book would definitely freak them out, considering it's, like, it's uh, its ending is way different. Yeah, the book? Uh, yeah, uh, and that's actually one of the reasons why Roald Dahl did not like the movie, was that they changed... It. He has a thing of not not liking it most of his adaptations because they tend to change uh, what his book was going for. Like mm. uh, the subplot with like Slugworth and uh, the ending and like the ending dialogue and like uh, Willy Wonka and the Chocolate Factory, he wasn't too fond of. And with this film, uh, he didn't like the ending because Luke never turns back into a human. Mm. The, the way the book ends is that. Um, Okay, uh, basically the ending of the book is everything that happened that you see in the movie, except the part with the, the assistant coming back to turning her uh, Luke back, that never happens. So he basically just stays a rat. Yes, and uh, the thing is, uh, the grandmother actually does answer the question of like how long do mice have to lo- uh, live, and she says uh, nine years, and she also admitted that it's like with her age, she most likely has like nine years left to live. Basically, the ending of the book is like kind of foreshadowing. It's like uh, how uh, wondering how they live their life. Like, uh, do they actually succeed in taking out these witches, or do they uh, both kind of die of an early age? Or it's like a uh, Luke dies, and then the grandmother follows later on. It, it, it's it's really dark and depressing. The more I delve into this, but. This is kind of reminding me of, um... And funny enough, the book was partially banned because it was it was speculated that it was probably motivating kids to kill themselves so their relatives don't, or loved ones don't leave them. Some people can get really crazy. <laughs> you got both of us for that. This is kind of reminding me of, um, the brothers that, um... The, the people that uh, that originally um, wrote the the story behind the Little Mermaid because I know that the Little Mermaid is actually based on a on a Hans Christian Andersen because yeah Hans Christian Andersen was like the original writer of the Little Mermaid and I know that the um cause one thing I definitely found out was that the original story of the Little Mermaid was incredibly dark and depressing. And mind you, it wasn't even the ending. It was like the entire story. I was like, "Holy crap!" People would definitely prefer the Disney version over over the actual story. Um, oh, I could say the same thing about the uh, about Pinocchio. It's like, oh, you think the original Disney film is dark? It's like that's tame compared to the book. I know what I'm wanting to say. It's like right on the tip of my tongue, but I can't seem to find the words because my my the the, the, the um I think it was called the Grimm Brothers. 
Oh, the Brothers Grimm? Yes, 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 yes. Oh! What? I was actually told that those stories were also very, very, very dark, but they, a lot of fairy tales are based off of those stories. You ever see the Brothers Grimm movie with Heath Ledger? I think my dad rented that movie, like, ages ago, and to be honest with you, I don't think I paid much attention to it. The one thing that's stuck in my mind is the kid that turns into that tar gingerbread man. It's, it's really fucked up. Wow. It's like, I think that was my first in, uh, in, uh, introduction of, like, yeah, Grimm's fairy tales were far more darker than you were led to believe. And my drain finding out about the actual original story, I think, not only through my English class, but there was um, a statue of the Little Mermaid, uh, I think, I want to say in Germany or Switzerland, based statue of the Little Mermaid on his wife. But, um, and apparently a lot of people have also, um, the word I'm using, the, the word I'm thinking of is when uh, people start uh, doing graffiti and stuff like that on it. Defile? Yeah. Uh. So many people have, have completely uh, just uh, defiled the, 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 the sculpture that they've actually had to put it in like a very, very special place inside a museum. Mm. So many people have done it. But I actually don't even think it was even with spray paint. It was actually just with paint in general. A lot of people have just really mm. gone after that, that, that sculpture. And it was like said it was based on the actual story. I'm like, what is, what is wrong with you people? Yeah. Ariel said all lives matter. <laughs> Shut up. I mean, that's definitely interesting about the story, though. Although that definitely is, um, it just, it kind of has a Disney feel to it. Yeah. Well, did you know, because, uh, like, uh, another reason why I wanted to bring it up, uh, not because it's the 30th anniversary of the film itself, but did you know that there was supposed to be uh, a remake uh, coming out this year? No, I did not. They, Especially since I didn't even know this movie existed. It's going to be directed by Robert Zemeckis, and it's going to have Anne Hathaway mm -hmm. as the Grand High Witch. Uh, but the other th twist about it is that uh, Luke and his grandmother are now uh, racially switched. The grandmother's going to be played by Octavia Spencer. That's definitely going to add some more interesting themes to it. Uh, it's Oh, it's being done by Warner Brothers. And uh, oh, okay. I actually found out it's uh, not just Robert Zemeckis, but also uh, it's being uh, produced by Alfonso Caron and Guillermo del Toro, which I did not think those two would be working together this soon, but I actually, I'm, well, I like I'm now more excited for it now. I, oh, yeah, especially after he's my absolute. Del Toro? Yes. He's definitely up there for me. I love The Shape of Water, and considering he's one of those few directors that still does practical creatures and effects of makeup, I'm gonna be ecstatic to see what he does here. I, I didn't hate Shape of Water. I did like it, mm -hmm. but I prefer Pan's Labyrinth. I, I'm more of a Hellboy guy. <laughs> I've actually never seen Hellboy, to be honest with you. I've seen clips, and I've heard of it, but I've never actually seen it. I will say the set... Uh, at, the first one's really good, but the second one, I will say, is one of my favorite comic book movies. Okay. It's actually going to be directed by Robert Zemeckis. Okay. Uh, so, as long as he doesn't do any Polar Express CGI, I think we'll be okay. And uh, apparently Stanley Tucci is playing uh, the Rowan Atkinson character. Big Stanley Tucci fan. Big yeah. Stanley Tucci fan. Yeah, I like him fine. I, I'll, yeah, I'm definitely, I'm definitely looking forward to seeing that, that if that's the case. Yeah, this will definitely be one of those uh, we'll, we'll be revisiting to, like... Uh, and I'm also a very, very big fan of Anne Hathaway and Octavia Spencer, so I definitely like like the cast choice. Uh, I'm more of a fan of Spencer than Hathaway, but that's just me, but 
yeah, with the cast they have, it's like, I'm mm-hmm. definitely interested in it. Just like, that's like a lot of names that I really, really love. Octavia Spencer and Hathaway, Stanley Tucci. I, that, that alone I think the is... fact that it's produced by uh, Corona and, uh, Alfonso Corona and Guillermo del Toro together, it's like, that's... Oh, that's pretty big in itself. I've never heard of the first one, to be honest with you, but Del Toro, I definitely have. Alfonso Cuarón. Yeah. Yeah, but Cuarón's a good director, a really good one. Uh, I mean, two-time best director, so it's like he's definitely okay. got that going for him. All right. I'm sorry, Del Toro attached to this. Just that alone will make me see it. Same here. A lot, along with everyone else, I'm like, okay, hell yeah, I'm, I'm right up there. <laughs> He wasn't technically the director on Scary Story, uh, Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark, but I mean, it had Andre overall, uh, who I uh, I know is, can do good horror, so mm-hmm. that had it going for it. But okay. yeah, I'll be curious to see what Zemeckis does with his interpretation. Okay, right. hopefully it's uh, better than the BFG, in my opinion. <laughs> I didn't hate the BFG. We'll get down that uh, so, to that one eventually. I but I will admit it wasn't my favorite film. I had my issues, but I, I didn't hate it. I feel like that's going to be our catchphrase here. Yeah, but it wasn't my favorite. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, I have high expectations for films and TV shows, all right? This is what, yeah, it's like, I, I guess I've just been exposed to so much crap that it's like my expectations are lower to it than like, just be good and I'll have my day. <laughs> that has been our take on The Witches, 1990. And we'll see you all next time. I am Eric Chappelle. I'm Melissa Leach. And take care.